Mm-hmm. Got on the flight in LA mm-hmm. to go that last leg into Cancun. I cried. I had to cry myself to sleep because I was so scared, you know? And then when I got there, like, I just found like my fears were unfounded. It was just, it was just perfect. It was beautiful. It was paradise. It was just, it was everything that I was looking for and everything that I needed. From somewhere around the world, welcome to the Black Women Travel Podcast. Hi, my name is Wanda Duncan, and I'm so glad you're joining me as we explore the paths of Black women who've made travel a large part of their lives. Welcome to the show. Hey loves, it's Wanda, the host of the Black Women Travel Podcast. I'd like to invite you to become a patron of the Black Women Travel Podcast. There are a few budget-friendly tiers you can choose from so that as a community, we can continue to heal, ask for what we deserve, get it, and inspire the next generation. Tap the link in the show notes and choose a monthly contribution that suits you. I'm so excited about the episodes you'll hear that will nudge you to love yourself deeper and take more action in your life from that empowered place. Please consider becoming a monthly subscriber through patreon.com slash bwtpod. Get ready to hear another great episode. Can you please share with us your name, where you're from, the name of your business, and where you're currently located? Yeah, absolutely. My name is Talia. I am from Oakland, California, and my business is called The Sassy Nation. It is a wellness, travel, and lifestyle brand, and I also do mindset and holistic lifestyle coaching with The Sassy Nation. I am currently located in Silicon Valley in the Bay Area. Okay, so like not too far from home. No, no. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for making the time to speak with us today, Talia. So I met you all the way back in 1907. (laughs) I I know. I don't remember the year, but I did a music hack event and I don't even remember how we got connected, but sis came through with the good camera and did some event photography for me looking all fierce and fine. Like you haven't changed like in the last 700 years. Like I swear <laughs> you're about a million, but you don't look a day over or whatever. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, I don't really recall either how I heard about the event, but I just remember seeing it somewhere and being like, oh, man, that's that sounds really cool. Let me, you know, reach out to the organizers and see, you know, how I can come and help. And at that time, I was really um, interested sort of like in what was going on in tech in Atlanta specifically. And um, of course, I, I had my blog even back then. And I think I was in a space where I was just um, moving towards more original content. And so I was like, yeah, let me, you know, go out because I was out and about all the time in Atlanta. I said, let me go out and like, you know, get some content 
for myself and my blog, but also, you know, have a good time, meet people, et cetera, et cetera. I was really big on like getting my network on back then. (laughs) Yes. So, but that was like such a blessing to have been able to meet you and work with you then. And I guess we've just been kind of like loosely in touch ever since. So you, you were talking about your blog and that uh, is the sassy nation uh, com, correct? The sassynation.com is the blog. It's the website. It's actually transformed quite a bit from when I actually first started working on it. Um, Back then, I used to do a lot of curated content, and I believe it was probably still on Tumblr at that time. And since then, it's gone through like some rebranding and moved to a new platform and all of that good upgraded stuff. So uh, it's it's more of a multi-use platform now. Um, I still do blog there. Uh, I put out a lot of content about mindset, about wellness and travel and just lifestyle things in general. And so it's definitely grown since that time. Yes. So I was looking, um, so it's like, it seems like I don't have like anything from your original, um, website, but I see that you were writing online for magazines like parlor or boss, uh, magazine. And I have seen like a change in the type of content that you write. Um, which is really interesting. So it seems like as you grow and as you figure out what, what works for you, what's speaking to you, what you want to speak about, so does your brand. Cause like your branding is like all the way solid on point. Oh my God. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. I've worked on it, you know, pretty tirelessly. Um, just and, and you're right. It has evolved over time. Um, I think in the beginning uh, it was more or less like an, a creative outlet and I would really like blog and write about just things that I was interested in. Like I was really into nail art at a time. So I used to post like dope nail art tutorials. That's when I had like a lot, a lot more time, <laughs> but um, I would also like post like cooking demos. And I feel like in a way it was definitely it's still the lifestyle stuff, you know, back then, but it, it has evolved in a way that's, um, does definitely reflect just like where I am on my current journey and, um, just sharing with people, you know, along the way. So as I grow and develop, my brand grows and develops with me. Yes, that's exactly, (laughs) that's exactly what it looks like. So like, uh, the nail art and other things that you were interested in, you were doing some, um, like reviews of, about different restaurants and such in Atlanta, but yeah. I, I see this shift. I, I saw your, uh, April, 2018, um, retreat in Mexico. I see you have a retreat coming up September, 2019 in mm-hmm. Bali. Um, mm-hmm. you have the meditation hike that you did in, in Oakland, like, and then on your website, I love this, uh, sentence. You have holistic wellness mentor marketing bay to creative entrepreneurs and spiritual boss babes champion. <laughs> like that's really specific, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just, that's just where I am right now. And that's, um, what's, speaking to me and through me, just like in my own life and um, just, you know, been opening myself up to being uh, more vulnerable with people about 
just the journey and the process of like beingness and, and becoming and how we're all just always evolving and just being super conscious about it. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting because I recently completed a training. I got certified as an NLP coach and also as a, an, an EFT practitioner. And I can explain like more like what all of that means, but also um, doing some clinical hypnosis sessions. And um, when I left the training, you know, I, I was already putting out content that was like very mindset heavy. And when I got home, I said, you know, I had also been speaking a little bit, not necessarily, I, I don't think as much on the blog, or maybe yeah, a little on the blog about like um, how I like to do things like according to uh, the cycles of time. Like I really pay attention to like the moon cycles and, you know, when to start projects and, you know, when I feel like they should be coming to culmination, when to end things like things have taken on a very cyclical form in my life, which all, you know, life is a, a big cycle. And I was thinking to myself, like how, you know, I want to incorporate more of that. Like I know for some people that's like very woo woo, you know, but for me, it's been um, a very real aspect that's aided and supported my own growth and development. And it's something that I believe in and that I know that has worked, you know, for me. And so I just want to be like more um, a transparent just about like how important like the development of my spiritual side has been into getting me to like where I am today. You know, that that's been a huge factor and 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 just not wanting to like shy away from that, you know? Absolutely. Something I don't understand is like why these things are coded as woo-woo. And I think what? it's something about black American culture, like <laughs> Specifically, I can speak about other cultures, but I think that my hypothesis is, is that other cultures have these traditions that are spiritual practices that have been practiced for generations, but yeah. Black Americans have gotten so far away from that. I mean, you have like um, the spiritual pra practices of those maybe in like the Louisiana uh, area, like voodoo, but I don't even know, I think for a lot of folks that's seen as other, unless that's part of your heritage, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting that aside from God and prayer, anything other than those specific kinds of, um, that specific language is coded as woo-woo. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm coming to that realization, like my own self, but also coming to a place where I'm just like, you know... If you if you follow me and you 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 read my content like this is what it is this is what you know this is where we are right now and this is a path that I have been on for a long time but it's just not something that I openly share necessarily with people all the time um, and just really becoming like more comfortable I guess probably in the past year with really like putting it out there like that and um, I actually I didn't even. Uh, I don't know, consider myself like uh, a, a spiritual coach or, or, you know, like that. Like, I didn't even think that that was part of like my brand necessarily. It's just, you know, things that I talk about casually, like with my audience or whatever. 
And so I actually had a client call maybe about a week or two ago. And one of the questions that I was asking her was like, um, you know, who are some people that are in your circle who are doing the things that you want to do, you know, which she was saying she was having issues with like showing up for herself and um, just being present and um, being confident about what it is that she had to offer. And she said that I was like an inspiration to her because of the way that I put my spirituality out there like that. And I was like, really? I do. Thank you, girl. (laughs) So I guess, you know, people, people are getting the sense of that. And that makes me glad because that, that makes me feel like, you know, I can show up and be my authentic self and people, you know, uh, apparently relate to it. They're into it. So that really makes me happy. So dope. Like, I love hearing that. What, what changed for you? Well, yes. <laughs> so much change. So um, basically, when I was leaving Atlanta, I felt like I was being forced out of Atlanta. Like I was doing, I had a really rough year. And at the start of, oh, what year was that? Was that 2015 or 2016? It may have been 2015. I can't really remember exactly the year now. But um, I just remember that New Year's Eve before that year came in, I sat down and had like a conversation with myself. Like, you know, I feel like your life would be better. This is me talking to myself. If you just start putting your spiritual practices and the things that you know that you need to do for yourself and to be more balanced, like you need to put that first. Like let's focus on that because you're doing everything else like you know to do, but it doesn't seem to be working. You know, let's try focusing in on the spirituality and just letting that take the lead in your life and let's see where where we go. You know what I mean? And so I did like a that night I didn't I hadn't been out in very in many um New Year's Eves like in, in years. And so I just um I spent the night just, you know, by candlelight. I I did my, my yoga practice, some meditation, I made tea, like just spent it kind of like in, in a quiet, reflective space, you know. And I carved out some goals for myself and I set intentions and things like that. And for the next year, I really let myself, my, my spiritual practices and, and routines and rituals and things like that, like really take the lead in my life. And in, within a year, my life had changed like so drastically that I, it was just literally not recognizable. You know, it, at times it was tumultuous you know, the change and, and it was a, a growth process. It was hard in some aspects of it, but I emerged feeling like, you know, in retrospect, like, man, I, I, I was built for this. You know what I'm saying? Like I went through the things that I went through and I wouldn't have it any other way. Like I learned so much, you know, during those dark times and those hard times that, you know, I just, I feel like I'm more fortified, you know, in my life and in my understanding of like what I'm capable of, you know, and how I can take a situation and transmute it and, and turn it into something beautiful, you know? So that was really like, I think the, the start 
probably of that journey. And I know for a fact at the time when I was writing and blogging, I wasn't talking about like any of those things specifically, you know, that came kind of later on down the line. But it sounds like at the time that you were writing, you weren't experiencing those things either, not to the not to the extent that you did when you allowed, like you said, your spiritual practices to take the lead. Is that fair to say? Um, I would say that I was doing those things like in the background, you know, mm-hmm. not sharing like openly with people, like the changes that I, it was just something that I was going through like internally and I mean, externally as well. Like if you knew me like as a friend or something like online, you could, you, you definitely knew like there's something, you know, changing about you, you know, and noticing, you know, the differences and, um, but I wasn't openly sharing those things. Okay. So what helped you to embrace it? You said that it was New Year's Eve and you made a commitment to yourself to change the way that you were doing things like what what helped you to arrive to that place where you were able to be like okay I have to embrace this quote-unquote woo-woo what helped you to change your attitude about it change your perspective about it what gave you faith to keep your commitment when you were going through those challenges you were going through Um, I think that it was the one thing that was keeping me grounded, you know, so it just became like a part of me to whereas I I can't separate it from like other things, you know, that I'm doing in my life, you know, so as I grow, like spiritually and and in my own faith, like, it's just, it's apparent, it's on me. So like I was saying, like, you know, I've I share, you know, a good bit of things like now online, but I had no idea like that's the way in which, you know, some people perceive me as being like this, you know, spiritual girl or whatever. <laughs> like that's, that's not, you know, I don't, I don't feel like I lead with that necessarily, but it's just, it's on me. You know what I mean? And so it's coming through. So um, to answer your question, I, I really can't say like what, specifically happen or, or like when I really started putting it out there like that, I think, um, you know, I just, I just started feeling more open about, about sharing a little more, like, you know, it, it may have started with like, you know, talking about meditation. I feel like that was like probably one of the first things that I would really go hard about and talk to people about. (laughs) Yes. It's like meditation is a gateway. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> like how it's so powerful and it's so transformative and and how like you know if you're a creative person like meditating will really help you to like tap in like that was probably like one of the first things that in yoga you know and I think that those are things at this time it seems that are are pretty mainstream you know for people or whatever and um yeah so I think that's probably where it started so in your journey um, into yourself and expressing yourself through your branding, that took you to Mexico. And that's where you experienced ayahuasca. You did the cacao ceremony and some sound healing. You were getting deeper into some alternative um, medicines, I guess you could say. 
Yeah. But you you hadn't done any of those like alternative therapies or medicines before, right? No, no. That was my first time in okay. Mexico. Um, and to be honest, like I had I had I felt like, you know, I had an interest in ayahuasca like prior to going to Mexico. So I had done like a little research or whatever on it. But based on what I I, I came up with and, and the resources in the in the in the the documentaries and things that I was watching, I had a fear there. You know what I mean? And my understanding of it and perception of it has changed. Um, and what encouraged me to do it was, um, I had this friend in Mexico and he shared with me like his experience and about just how gentle it was and how, how, how loved and cared for that he felt and how it helped him to like heal a part of him that he thought that he had healed and how he was able to like you know, tap into and um, connect with his dad who had recently passed. Like his experience was so beautiful. It it really like alleviated all of my anxiety and fears about it. And one of the things that, you know, we kind of uh, picked apart was the fact that a lot of the stuff that I had seen specifically, because I think he had saw a, a documentary that I also watched. Um, what struck me in those documentaries was like, sometimes, you know, people come to ayahuasca with a lot of trauma, you know, and um, I don't have that kind of um, significant uh, traumatic experiences, like in my, in my background and in my history, like, you know, I think the documentary I watched, like there were uh, people there who had P, uh, PTSD and, you know, had like sexual abuse and, you know, really heavy, heavy things like that. Mm -hmm. I didn't have any of that. And so that helped me to, to feel um, comfortable, you know, that I would have a good experience. And then what I also, what I know now is like, you basically set the intention for the kind of experience that you want to have. And before going in, the intention I set was to just, you know, reveal to me what I need for right now in a gentle and loving way. And that's what happened. You know, that's the experience that I had. And, you know, as a result, like, I tell everybody and anybody who's interested, like, I'm not ashamed of it at all. Like, the morning after, maybe like the second day when I woke up in my apartment in Mexico, um, I felt compelled like to get up and like make a series of videos or start this series of videos to tell other people, specifically black women, black men, people of color, like this is something that is available to you and for you. It's natural. You know, if you feel led to do it, like, you know, do your research. Yes, of course, find a reputable shaman. Like, I did a whole series on it, like about four videos. And I actually, because it's it's been about one year since I had my my ceremony, um, I did a follow-up video. I just recorded it like this past weekend. I have to edit it. And um, I mentioned that online. And I actually asked people like, you know, would you guys be interested in me doing a live about it? Or do you want to see this recorded video that I did? And like an overwhelming, like 83, 87% people were like, please do it live so that we can ask questions, you know? Wow. And so this is on your YouTube channel. 
Yeah, the series um, that I did uh, last year when I had the experience, it was in May. Um, that is on YouTube right now. So I think I did about three or four videos. Um, you know, one was like an immediate reaction video. Um, one is like what I wish I knew before going into it. There's another video just about my integration process and how that was going. And then there's like a third one. I can't quite remember, um, the title, like right off the top of my head now, but yeah, I just like, it didn't even occur to me not to share the experience, you know? And as a result of putting that out there, people reached out to me. Like there was this guy who follows me um, and he's from Atlanta and he reached out to me after he saw one of my posts and was like, yo, when um, some of his girlfriends in Atlanta were talking about the fact that they saw my video on YouTube and they showed it to him. And he was like, yo, I know her. I follow her on Instagram. And it opened the door for us to just have this beautiful conversation about his experience, about my experience. He's black as well. And my friend who actually, you know, talked to me about his experience in Mexico, he's also a black man as well. And I was like, wow, like, you know, people are really out here having these experiences, but not necessarily putting them out there. And for me, like, I just wanted to shout it to the world. Like, this is something amazing, you know, that you have access to, you know, if you so choose to seek it out, like it will seek and find you, you know? And um, I just, I wanted to put it out there because I feel like, you know, I'm a regular girl, regular woman, like, you know, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> what it be like to be honest like I, I I wear makeup and heels and you know do my hair and like so I may not look like somebody who what, what people perceive to be like a, a spiritual type person but I feel like um you know by me saying that it it takes out I feel like some of the stigma maybe um and hopefully will encourage other people to seek and find, you know, what it is that they need and, and to let them know that, you know, it's okay. Like it's, it's a plant and it's a medicine, you know, I don't look at it as like, you know, uh, a, a drug. It came from the earth. Like if you go and do like research, people will tell you, the shamans will tell you like, how did they know out of all the plants in the jungle, all the plants, how did they know this plant, mix it with this vine, make the brew, drink it? How would they know to do that? They say the plants told them, like, the magic is real. So that's all I know, you know, and I, um, you know, just feel really comfortable with sharing that with people that, yeah, you know, that's, that's an experience that I had and I'm really grateful for it. I'm grateful for the things that um, I learned as a, as a result of it. And um, one other thing I wanted to point out and that I talk to people about a lot is like, you know, out here in Silicon Valley, you know, this is the land of like, you know, people being innovative and, um, you know, making a lot of money and being really successful and all this stuff. Listen, like these people out here, they're not doing this shit unaided. You know, you feel what I'm saying? Like they're not, they, they're microdosing psilocybin and, um, you know, having, I have ceremonies and all types of like 
they're not building stuff from scratch, like just poof out, you know, out of their brains like that. Like they're being, they're getting these downloads and building amazing things. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. we have access to that as well. And, you know, more than that, we have a right to it because, you know, we, uh, my background is Native American and Black, of course, like we're indigenous to this land. Like this is our stuff. You know what I mean? Um, I met with a woman who she said that she spent like, I don't know how many years. She, did she say 10, 15 years like studying plant medicine in Africa, in the bush with the shamans there. And she, you know, it's, it's the same, the same story. You know, we've just gotten so far removed from, um, from our roots and from our culture that we just don't know that this stuff belongs to us. It's for us, you know, and it's here to help us on this journey of like being human. You better speak on that. So, (laughs) (laughs) so talk to me about the, the cacao ceremony and the sound healing. So, so did you do this all around the same time? Um, over the course of like a year. So, so you you were in Mexico for a whole year. Off and on for a year. I was there. The longest stretch of time was like six months that I was there for, but I was going back and forth there for a whole year. In addition to like traveling around to some other places. But um, let me tell you how spirit lines things up. So I told you I moved back from um, from Atlanta. I moved back to California for a period of time and things just started popping off here like crazy. I had um, attracted a position where I was able to like work remotely. I was not even looking for a job at the time necessarily. I was, you know, pretty happy doing my own little la la thing. And um, this opportunity came to me and it was supposed to be like a contract. It was like a few months or whatever. And at the end of it, they ended up offering me a position. And I was like, well, listen, you know, I'm about this travel life. So I need to be remote, like 100% remote. And so that's kind of what led me to Mexico. And um, I had met this guy who worked in tech and he (laughs) was telling me, he sold me a dream. He basically was like, yeah. I went to Mexico and I learned Spanish in like three months or whatever, but he didn't tell me like he had a Spanish speaking girlfriend as well. And he also lived in like a really remote part of Mexico. So it was easier for him to pick it up that way because he didn't speak <laughs> language. But he told me, you know, three months and I was like, well, I got this, you know, remote position. And it was around about October, I guess, when I started turning it over in my mind, like, you know what, it's getting ready to start being cold here in the bay i got this remote job i think it would be a good time to go to mexico let me look into this like what would that really take you know and so i just started researching like you know nice beaches i knew i wanted to be by the beach i knew i needed wi-fi i knew that i needed to be warm i wanted to be you know someplace where it didn't necessarily get cold in the winter. And so I narrowed it down to about three cities or whatever. And um, Playa del Carmen was one of them. And then so I actually was going to go to this small town uh, pretty close to Playa. Um, What is the name of the beach town? Hmm. It's going to come to me. But um, (laughs) I, (laughs) I looked on Airbnb 
for that specific area. And I wasn't finding much, but there were a lot of places available in Playa. And so I was clicking around and I saw a a woman, a black woman there. And I said, "Uh, let me message this sister and see what's good, you know? And I reached out to her and uh, she told me she had two places and that they were available during the times that I wanted to come. And she was like, you know, I know you're looking to go to um, the other, the little small town, but I really think you ought to come to Playa. And she was like, and you know, if you come here, you stay like a month or whatever. And if you, you know, want to move on, I can help you with that. I've been, you know, living in Mexico for quite a few years. I know a lot of people, you know, I'll help you find another place if you want to, you know, move around or whatever. So I said, okay, cool. So, um, that was in October. And I think maybe I reached out to her or she reached out to me again, like November. Now I hadn't done any I didn't buy a ticket. I hadn't put down a deposit or anything like that. I just was, you know, researching whenever I felt led. I would do a little more, research a little more, whatever. And so probably in December, uh, when she and I spoke again, we this time we talked on the phone. The, the previous correspondence was um, via email. And, um, you know, we just clicked. You know, she I found out she's Afro-Brazilian. She had been living in Playa for like 20 plus years. Um, she was very into wellness and um, it just seemed like a good fit. Like, you know, the universe just brought us together. And so um, I made plans to go uh, in January and I left like right after um, the inauguration. The mm-hmm. last and uh, <laughs> when- the, the inauguration. That's <laughs> The the inauguration. (laughs) I was like, I'm out of Dodge. I'm getting out of here, blowing this popsicle stand. And uh, (laughs) so, yeah, I I got down there. And to to be honest, like, this was something that I knew that I really, really wanted to do. But I was terrified. Like, the whole first week before it was time to leave, the last week before I was getting ready to leave to go down there, I felt triggered and I would just like have outbursts crying fits like every day because I was so nervous. I had never been out of the country by myself before, but I just knew like from back when I was in college, I knew I wanted to have like a study abroad experience. But by that time, you know, it was late in college and I was like, I'm ready to graduate. So I'm gonna have to come back to this as an adult at some point. And I was like, this is my moment, you know, but I was still very nervous. And even on the flight down to Mexico, the last leg when I was um, when I transferred in from um, got on the flight in LA to go that last leg into Cancun, I cried. I had to cry myself to sleep because I was so scared, you know. And then when I got there, like I just found like my fears were unfounded. It was just it was just perfect. It was beautiful. It was paradise. It was just it was everything that I was looking for and everything that I needed and um, I just found myself like in the best ideal situation, like plopped down with somebody who was local, um, already into the wellness community. And so she was able to introduce me and I started to go to like, you know, women's circles for the full moon and the new moon. And, you know, um, they have a, a very active wellness community there where going to yoga is like, you know, donation based, but it's a, an amazing Uh, local studio that they have and they have classes all day literally and even in the evening like 
it was just, Mexico was like an amazing, beautiful place, beautiful, beautiful place. And um, yeah, I'm really grateful and thankful. Like, and I tell people all the time, like I literally allowed that I manifested that like into my life by just, you know, like we talked about before, like sticking close to like my, my spiritual practices and being faithful and consistent and um, just amazing things just started to transform and happen in my life. Like there's no other explanation for it. So tell me, man, that sounds like, (laughs) that sounds so incredible. Tell me like who was in your ear? Like, I don't know if you're close with your family or if you had like good, good girlfriends because like that's that's something difficult to overcome by yourself. Like I mean, I know we're our worst demons because we're with ourselves all the time, and you're you're probably mulling around all of the things that could go wrong. So like, did you have support from the people in your lives? Like, girl, you got this. It ain't no thing. Like, how? What was that like? <laughs> Hashtag hell no. <laughs> I had zero support. And uh, to be honest, like I, I planned it in secret. Like I purposely did not tell people until it was almost time for me to go. Like, I think I waited until the week or two weeks before, before I even told my mother, because I did not want people in my ear talking me out of the situation or trying to talk me out of it because my mind was made up. I was already there basically like and once I bought the ticket and I knew where I was living like I wanted to have it so planned out to like any questions that people could had for me I had an answer you know what I mean like well where are you gonna stay or how are you gonna get around and where, what about this and what about that like I had it sold up like there was I, I and I didn't ha- I didn't tell anybody except for maybe my best friend I did tell her and maybe one or two other people, but I didn't tell no family. Um, I just did it, you know, I, and I, and I didn't want to be deterred. You know, I was really determined, like, you know, this is happening whether y'all approve or not. So (laughs) first of all, you're going to hashtag it, (laughs) (laughs) but that is like, that's so amazing. Like you made a decision and you prepared yourself, but even through that preparation, you were just like breaking down, like, <laughs> yeah. so like no one could comfort you. Like you were just like there with yourself going yeah. through all of this, like essentially alone. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, but like I said before, like, I feel like I've cultivated such, um, such a, how do I want to say it? Um, like, I just feel really grounded in my spirituality and I feel guided. You know, I do things like based on like how it feels in my body. I use my intuition a lot, you know, um, and it just felt right. And everything fell into place, which let me know that it was the right thing. You know, there wasn't any resistance. It wasn't hard. You know, I was a little scared. Yes. But once I got there, I was like, oh my God, this is, this is a dream. Like <laughs> I literally, I live in paradise. That's so, so amazing. I love that. Um, so after you got to Mexico, that's when you started. Um, is, is that when you started 
getting your EFT on, getting your NLP on, your neurolinguistic plasticity <laughs> programming. Actually, you know, that came a little bit later. That came like once I got back to the state. Like okay. that year abroad, um, it really helped me. When I came home, I said, you know, I want to, I, ha- I set the intention to like be more grounded you know, in, in a space, in a place. And I was like, I need to find a space in the United States that's going to be my own. So I need to spend more time here so that I can figure out where that's going to be. If it's going to be in the Bay, I was strongly considering, um, LA, um, that's still not like off the table and also possibly like Miami. Like, I just know, like, I want to be close to the water, which is why LA is like really appealing to me. But, um, no. So the NLP stuff that came once I got back and interesting story about how that manifested itself is that um, basically last summer I started researching it and um, I came across like a couple people online. Like for some reason, I mean, I know the reason why, like it's so powerful and it works so well that, you know, people don't necessarily want to like tell you tell you like about it because they can sell it because it works you know what I mean and so um there was like a couple of people who I follow who were being really transparent about it and I actually signed up for like an online course I was thinking about maybe getting certified last summer but the course it just wasn't for me it didn't it didn't vibe with me or whatever it didn't keep my attention um I was rather bored and so I just you know learned what I could on my own And then somebody who I was following online, she had also started talking about NLP and how she was getting certified and she was sharing information about, you know, her experiences and um, how it was transforming her life and things like that. And I followed her for a year and actually um, I had told myself like, yo, I want to work with Reese. Her name is Reese um, with Yes Supply. I said, I want to work with Reese um, as a coach. And at the time, her one-on-one coaching sessions were like $10,000. And I was like, I don't know where I'm going to get this money from, but I'm going to get this money. Like an extra 10K is coming from somewhere. I'm not sure where, but uh, it's going to happen because I got to work with Reese, you know? And I said, by the end of this year, I'm going to figure out how to get this money so that I can hire her as my coach. And so the end of the year came, and by that time, she had gotten certified um, to be able to teach other people uh, how to be a practitioner of NLP and EFT and clinical hypnosis and all of that. And she offered a program to be able to certify other people. And I was like, this is my moment. (laughs) Here we go again. Like, this is the moment. Like you said, by the end of the year, you were going to work with Reese and look, she has a program for you and it's super affordable. It's like, you know, a fraction of the price of like the, the, um, the one-on-one coaching. And so I jumped on it. I was like, you know, I can afford this. Like, actually I could have paid for it outright, but I was like, no, I'm going to take my time. I'm going to do the little payment plan. And I'm going all in on myself. Like I'm investing this money in myself because I know that if I set my mind to do a thing and I'm really into it, I'm going to do it. And that's what happened. So um, a couple of like a month ago, not even a couple, a month ago, 
Um, I completed my certification. I went up, I flew up to Canada to do it in person because I wanted to have like that one-on-one person-to-person experience. And it's been amazing. Like, (laughs) my God, it's just the transformation that I see, like, not just in myself, but like when I help other people, it's just like one session, like you can just visibly see the changes that people are able to make like just right in front of your eyes. It's, it's, it's like magic. But what I, what I do tell people is that I I was already like into the law of attraction and mindset work before this, what NLP and these other tools have given me is like, um, the basis with which, how you can, how to make the law of attraction work or why it works. Because you know, like law of attraction is a lot of mindset work. You have to believe it. You have to feel it, all this stuff. Like NLP, this is the framework <laughs> for how to make it work for you. You know, if you need it like one-on-one step-by-step instruction, it really um, helps you to look at and examine the way in which we make decisions and um, how to model, you know, um, behaviors of excellence and habits of excellence and how to like look at something like procrastination, for example, used to be an issue of mine. I was able to go and like trace the steps, like in my mind of, you know, what are my triggers? What happens like right before I procrastinate? What do I do? And I noticed like, I will tell myself, you know, I'm kind of hungry. So I'm gonna go make a snack. And while I'm at it, I'm gonna make some tea, something to like distract myself. And then I will eat the whatever And then next thing you know, I'll be sleepy. And then next thing you know, I'm not doing the thing. But since I know that that's the pattern, I figured out a way to break it and interrupt it and like introduce a new way of making a decision that leads me to follow through with the thing that I said that I was going to do. So now I tell myself like, okay, I know I'm going to still want this snack and that tea, but I'm going to do, you know, X, Y, Z. Uh, activity or, or, or task first. And then I'm going to allow myself to take a break. And then I'm going to come back and finish up, you know, whatever it is that I was working on. And when I tell you like the output of content that I've been able to put out, like just since I've been back in the past month, it is beyond anything I had done. I feel like in the past six months, like it literally kicked my creativity into high gear because when you go to get certified, like you aren't just going like as an observer, you you have to go through the process, your own self. So things, you know, that you may feel like aren't an issue or you don't need to work on, you're encouraged to, to do the processes, you know, you do them with your, your classmates and they do them with you and you're going back and forth and, uh, and, and implementing and the change is real. Like, man, the change is real. That's all I can say. (laughs) You know, from little things to like, uh, one of my issues was like, I want to cut back sugar, you know, in my life. And so we did this technique called mapping across so that I liken um, my love for honey, that was the specific thing, to how I feel about agave, which I'm just like, eh, agave is okay, but I read honey is bay, you know? And so um, basically you go in and you um, re-examine the way that you look and feel about honey and you 
put the characteristics of how, you know, I feel about agave um, and you swap them. And so I feel similarly now about honey that I feel about agave. Like, it's just, eh, it's okay. You know, I can, I don't need as much of it, you know. Um, and it just, it, it helps you to map out the steps in your mind so that your mind makes the shift with certain things. And you can do it for, for many, many things to like, you know, change bad habits to, um, you know, accomplishing a goal or like more confidence, just whatever it is that you think that you need to work on or you, you want to tap into like an internal resource that you feel like you want or need, like there's, there's an NLP technique to help you to do it. And it's real. <laughs> so it's it wild. sounds like, um, sorry, go, what were you saying? <laughs> I'm done. Okay. Okay. It sounds like NLP has helped to, I, I don't know about grounding, but maybe it's part of your self care practice because like sometimes there are these things that are inside us that want to be born. I, I see that you also describe yourself as a creator. So it's like if you are procrastinating and not creating, that could create like some friction inside you, some uneasiness inside you. Mm-hmm. So it's actually self-care for you to figure out how to help yourself produce the things that want to be born through you, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I have a lot of self-care practices and the NLP is definitely one of them. And one of the things um, that we talked about in our training is just about, you know, how mindset work, it's, uh, and, and, and personal, uh, what do you call it? Personal development. It's a, it's like a hygiene, like you have to, you have to do it regularly, you know, in order for it to, to stick and to, and to, to work. Like, and even with our self-care, like I, I feel like, you know, if we're doing self-care in a, in a mindful, attentive way, and we're very thoughtful about the way that we think and we live, we can practice self-care all day, you know? So from the time I wake up, like I hug myself in bed and I'll tell myself, like, I love you. I'm proud of you. And I'm proud of the progress that you're making and what you're going to do today. Like it starts literally like when I open my eyes in the morning, you know, and then I get up, I like make my tea. I jump in the shower. Like tea is a huge part of my day. It's a super important ritual that helps me to get ready for meditation. And, um, even uh, for my meditation, I usually set an intention around being creative around being focused or, productive or sometimes I might just intend to have more fun and more joy in my day. You know, it literally just depends on what it is that I think that I need. And um, then at the end of my meditation, I make it a point to suit up. Like I have this gladiator suit that I put on to like protect me and my energy as I move around the world. It's like sparkling and gold, but transparent. So like a force field, so nothing can penetrate, you know, and, uh, and then at night I take it off and I call my energy back to me, you know? So my self-care is, is very mental and it's all about having just good energetic hygiene. And even with the NLP stuff, like if I'm having a rough time, like in the middle of the day, like I know I can go get somewhere and do some EFT tapping to like move energy in the body 
Like I actually have a couple of processes that I'm planning to do with my own self. Um, cause it's, it's something that you can do with yourself as well and not just, you know, with other people or for other people, but, um, doing some, um, some time techniques, which is basically like getting on your timeline and pinpointing, you know, where, um, some kind of an issue with the root cause of, of a thing is and, and just getting in there and not even necessarily uprooting it because that sounds like brutal a little bit, but examining it with love and with care and, and resolving it and, and, and learning from it, you know, whether you're looking back or looking forward. Um, so I'm going to do like one of those processes for myself. That's the NLP technique, you know? Um, so yeah, it, it's something that's super accessible and it's super surprising that like, you know, we're, we're taught many, many things that we don't necessarily need or we're ever going to use. And this is something that you can learn and that you can do that is going to serve you for like the whole, the rest of your life and, and, and impact you in such a super positive way, you know, just in terms of like helping you make progress towards your goals, helping you to like men's relationships, all sorts of things. Like literally I, um, you know, in the way that I, I speak with even people in my family, um, um, and my mom and, and just everybody, it, it's, it's helped my relationships in that, you know, I, I strive to be a better communicator, you know, and I'm able to do those things because I know, you know, little things that I can do to get in rapport and be more connected to people when I talk to them. So like matching and mirroring a person, like when you're speaking to them, um, it's something that we do naturally with people who, you know, we have an endearment to or we're friends with or people who we love. This is natural human behavior. Um, and it's just taking the things that, that we, we would do anyways, but doing them in a conscious way to uh, impact change in a very positive way, you know? Yes. So talk to me about, uh, you were talking about wanting to be more grounded. So you left Mexico after a year and uh, you said on and off for a year and you said you needed to find a space and and that was going to help you feel more grounded. So the type of travel you like to do is you like to have a home base and then take trips from there. Yeah, I do. I really do. And even when I'm traveling, like I will plan to go someplace and stay there for like a month, you know, okay. I'm a slow traveler. So when I go yes. to experience a new place, I like to have a local experience. I want to make friends with my neighbors and ride bicycles if that's what they do. I want to shop where they shop and support local businesses. And, you know, um, I like to stick around for a while and really fill a place out and, and, and be there long enough to create a routine and to really let the experiences of the place, like really seep into my life, you know? And yes. uh, yeah. So coming back to the United States was important for me so that I can establish a base by which I can, you know, take flight from and come back to, you know, that was really important. And, and that's, that's the intention that I set and that's what's happened, you know? Yes. And tell me like, as you've been traveling, like how has it been being perceived as a black woman? I know you said your, your heritage is native American and black American. Um, 
So you have like this really curly hair, long and septum piercing. Like, what is it like for you to be in your skin and your body uh, and how people perceive you mm-hmm. and how you're treated? I feel like I, I I get treated really well when I go places like, you know, um, I have other black expat friends in uh, Mexico specifically. And uh, one of one of a, a friends has a son and his son has curly hair and, you know, he's he's black American, the guy that lives there. And um, people like try to like touch his son's hair and stuff like that. Like people don't do that to me <laughs> with all places. They do not like, I, I told you, I put on, I put on my, uh, my gladiator suit, my force field. And so I don't really feel, uh, like people violate my space. I feel very comfortable when I'm in places, um, with just, you know, being able to walk around and, and be myself and, and not feel, um, I don't know, not, not feel uncomfortable. Like I feel very comfortable just being out in the world because I feel like I belong there. You know what I mean? Wherever it is that I'm at, I feel like I'm there for a reason. I belong here. You know, um, I had this one interesting experience when I was in Spain. Um, where was I specifically in Barcelona? And I was at this party at the W and I met some really nice English gentlemen and they were there for like a bachelor party. And we're all hanging out at the bar and having drinks and hanging out or whatever. And then um, we, me and one of the guys, we go in and, and sit in the lobby to like eat some tacos or something. And I leave to go to the bathroom. And when I come back, I notice like a, a shift like in him. I'm like, what's, what's going on? What's wrong? He's like, man, this, this, this guy like, in his English accent, I'm not going to try to like emulate it. <laughs> like, this, this, this guy, he's a, he's a, he's a, what did he call him? Uh, uh, oh my goodness. A redneck. That's what he said. And I was like, that's their word for like racist, you know? And I guess that's just how they associate like racism with, you know, people who are rednecks. And so I was like, okay, well, what happened, you know? And he said that the guy said something to him about me, like when I walked away and I was like, that's interesting. And, you know, I I just was like, I mean, he didn't say it to my face, you know? And I feel like that's, that's been my experience in general with travel. Like if people are racist or they're mean or whatever. Like I don't get approached with that kind of energy. I'm not giving off that energy number one, but if you're thinking a thing or, or whatever, like you're thinking it to yourself, you're not going to come, you're not going to run up <laughs> and say it to my face, you come know, through Oakland. No, you're not going to walk up to me and just, start fondling me or touching my hair or violating my space like no like I, I don't even I, don't, I feel like I don't give off that vibe and that's why I don't have that experience okay <laughs> okay um are there any song lyrics or poems that mm-hmm. are speaking to you these days <clears throat> oh girl let me see um I can't think of any like specific lyrics but I know one thing like 
I am really into what the young people are putting out these days. That's like, there's this sound that's going around. It's very SZA. It's very Daniel Caesar. It's like a hybrid of like R&B and electronica. Like, I love that stuff. Like, it really soothes my nerves. It helps me to get into my flow, like creatively. Um, I've been listening to a lot of Sango. I've been listening to a lot of Sabrina Claudio, FKJ. And after my Aya experience, I actually... I became really hyper aware of the vibrational impact that music and sound has on us. And so I try to mostly listen to stuff that just makes me feel high vibe in general. Yes, high vibe. I guess it's a new category. <laughs> high vibe. High vibe music. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk tea because that's the tea. Um Yerba Mate. Girl, you yes. cannot drink it for the taste. You cannot drink it for the taste. Uh, yerba mate is my jam, and I will not tolerate slander. Of Listen, I, that is not slander. That is honest tea, okay? Because nobody on the face of the earth can't. Okay, well, that's okay. So if it ex- if I can think of it, somebody somewhere. The Argent the Argentinians, they love it. That's that's who brought they it to us. They do not love it. They, it is an acquired taste. They have gotten used to it. No one loves the taste. I can understand you making yourself drink something for the health benefits. That's not what we're talking about. I'm talking about for the pleasure. There's Girl, no way you drink. Tell me. I, tell I, me I, you drink I, for the pleasure. I, Deep pleasure, because I, I drink yerba mate every day, twice a day, at Listen, twice a day. I came at you with all heart, all good intentions, all truth, <laughs> all the time, and you sitting up here lying on my podcast. First of all, ma'am, I'm uh-huh. telling you, yerba mate, it gets it done. Like, if you need energy, it's got you. You know, it has a, a smooth, smoky taste that I'm really into. It blends well with like a nice black mango tea or um, a good mm-hmm. black peach tea. Like, mm-hmm. it's, you mix head. it, you chop it up. That's what I'm trying to tell you. I, like I said, I do not refuse. Some, sometimes I do, but what I really like, I like my yerba mate, plain yerba mate in the winter. I put cayenne pepper in it because I like like that extra kick that it gives it. Um, I can do it with a, a, a turmeric. I like to mix some turmeric in there with my honey and my lemon. Like, girl, I does the mate. I freak the mate. I do okay, it. Okay, you do not do the mate straight is my I point, do. ma'am. Oh, oh, I will, but I will, though. But okay. I will. Okay. I, here comes Oakland. Here comes Oakland. <laughs> Setting it straight. Um, okay, so I want to make sure that people can support you in the ways that you want to be supported. Uh, so how can how do you want people to reach out to you? How do you want them to be in touch with you? What do you want to do for them? Share that, please. <laughs> Sure, sure. So the best way for people to support is to go to my website, which is thesassynation.com. And I'm at the Sassy Nation on Instagram. And that is where I give out 
mindset coaching advice about just integrating self-development um, just as a wellness and a lifestyle practice. And that for me is how I've been able to create the flexibility to travel and just live a lifestyle that I love. And I love being able to share that with other people and to help them to find their own path, you know, because I think that, you know, we, success looks different for everyone, right? And so what it might be for me is it might not be the same thing for you, you know, not exactly the same anyways. And so it's, I'm just all about helping people to find out like, what is it that you want to do? What are you here to create and to, to tap into that and, and helping people find their purpose and also being able to move in it? You know, it's one thing to know that you have certain gifts and certain talents, but if you're not doing anything with them, you know, what are you doing? You know, I because I, I'm of the school of thought that we did not come here to just go to work and pay bills. That is not why we are here. I just, I can't get with that. So I know for a fact that all of us have something in us that wants to come out, you know, and it's just a matter of how much we're letting it, you know, and whether or not we're tapped in. So that's what I do. I help give people that confidence to to go after their goals and pursue their dreams and to build the life that they want and that they came to live. And so in that spirit, uh, I am respecting your time. I'm aware that we're just about over. So I just have one more question in that spirit of what you just said, since we're not just here to work, what are some of your hobbies? What are some of your interests that aren't about helping others necessarily that aren't about making money? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I read a lot. Um, I'm not a huge TV watcher. Like I actually, I, I have a hard time even paying attention to, to shows that uh, I used to like really be into. So I read a lot. I love listening to audiobooks. Um, I like to go to festivals during festival season I love going out to eat and out to drink with my friends and my family. Um, I'm really into like farmer's markets, like going to different ones and cruising around and seeing, you know, like what's fresh and what's in season and what I can make with the harvest, you know, and also cooking and just encouraging my friends and family to try to eat healthier foods. So um, I really like to entertain. And when I lived in Atlanta, I actually started hosting dinner parties and late night tastings. Like if I had an event somewhere where, you know, somebody requested that I make, you know, some food or a spread or whatever, I would do like a late night tasting and invite like my friends or whoever I was dating over and we do like a late night supper club kind of situation. And so, yeah, that, those are my hobbies. A lot of it, a lot of my hobbies revolve around food. <laughs> food and tea you heard it here first (laughs) well thank you so very much um for your conversation for your energy for your everything really appreciate you sharing thank you for reaching out too i really appreciate it and um i don't know if you remember this but like um when we first met, you said something to me that that really like was impactful and it left an impression on me for forever, for a long time, because it's kind of something that's 
stayed with me. Um, you said that you were really about building a legacy. And that's something that has stuck in my mind, like, all this time, you know, since we first met. Um, and just understanding, like, what that means personally, you know, to me. And I just wanted to thank you for that because you just, you never know like how you're impacting people just like by you being in the world and doing what you do and being who you are. And, um, that's, that's one of the things that, that I remember and, and, and it helps me to remember my why and keeps me grounded and, and helps me focus on the things that I do is, is keeping in mind the legacy, you know, that I'm building and that I want to leave. Um, here when I leave this earth. And so, yeah, I really appreciate that. Wow. Thank you so much for telling me that. I'm all smiling and stuff. <laughs> I'm glad this is over so I could go cry. Oh my, oh my God. God. <laughs> Tears of no, joy. I'm, Tears of joy. <laughs> seriously, seriously, though, like that, um, you know, that just, that, that really touched my heart, you know, and it's something that I always remember that you gave to me, you know, so I appreciate that. Well, since you're like being vulnerable, I guess I'll share a little something too. Like I just kind of <laughs> think of myself as this person and like, we haven't had a whole lot of time in person around each other. Um, but I think of myself as this person that people, I, I think sometimes that I'm a hard reflection. Mm like a hard mirror mm. and so I think sometimes that makes people feel uncomfortable about being being around me for an extended period of time and they think that I'm judging them mm. which is never ever my intent so and like people never really come and tell me things like this that you just told me so that just that makes me feel so good. <laughs> wow, love. Yes. That's, that's the thing about being in your purpose. Like when you are out here just being you, you never know like how your life impacts other people. And that's why I feel like, you know, the work that you do and um, connecting people and the work that I do and helping people is so important, like that we all do our part and, and are living out our purpose because you're here for a reason. And like, you would have never known that had I we not had the opportunity to talk again, that, you know, you left an imprint on my life. You know what I'm saying? And that's no small thing. And we each have the capability to do that. And we do do that. And and I, I feel like it also tells us like we have a responsibility yes. to like be the best that we can be and to let our light shine. I know it sounds like, you know, um, a cliche, but it's, it's in us. You know what I mean? And Absolutely. we're here for a reason. So, you know, each of us has something to share with the world. And, um, you know, I just, I'm just really glad for the opportunity to be able to um, do what I do and to connect with others like you and um, and to just be out here in this world doing doing the thing, you know, figuring it out. Yes, ma'am. Day by day. <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you so much again. I really appreciate it. You're so welcome. I really appreciate you, girl. (laughs) Out here in the world doing things. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you, Talia. You take care of yourself, okay? Thank you. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.